passion, drive, and patience. The formula of winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything for you to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has it covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP it needs to be and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Again, ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the program. It's so loud in here. Is it? Yeah. Even though you have like the levels are like everyone else hears it really low because it's low, but it's so loud in here. Welcome to Blummel off the rails with myself, Anna, my spouse. Spoose. Blitz. We'll be with you probably for the next hour or so. Maybe I always say like. It's probably going to be 40 minutes, and then we end up going an hour and a half just because we get on some... We go off the rails. That's what we do. Bubba 199 tonight, starting promptly at 8 p.m. and ending promptly at 10 p.m. Eastern Sounds time. Like it, yeah. So, and it's the real deal. Like, get the fuck out. We don't want to party. We don't want to play, which is, which is fine with me because yep. we actually have some plans tomorrow. We do. Yes, um, we have. You're going to an auto show. I am, and hopefully getting some some cool footage. And I will be getting, I'll be getting drunk with the girls like we do every about month. I like doing it every month, six weeks, something like that. I don't because you've entered my life, and it's not a bad thing. It's quite a good thing, but. You know, you stop spending as much time doing other things. That's just how time works, right? If you're doing more of something, you're doing less of something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I I hang out with my friends. I would say some. Fr- it, here's here's what happened when I started dating you. I would hang out with like my really good girlfriends on a pretty um, regular basis, and then there were a lot of peripheral friends that I would see yeah. somewhat regularly. Mm-hmm. So what kind of happened is when I started dating you and spending a lot of time with you is a lot of the peripheral friends just kind of got, you know, they got scraped off. Not that anything bad happened, but it's like, well. You only have so much time. Right. I'm like, I spend most of my free time with you, which Mm -hmm. I really enjoy. And I think we have a a pretty good time together. Yeah. And then all the like ancillary sort of peripheral friends just kind of like fell by the wayside. Really, you know, nobody's fault. Things just happen. But I just don't see them as much as I used to. And also I'm in Tampa more than I'm in Mm St. Pete. 
So there's also that. But what's good is that I would say, you know, my my best friend here uh, lives about seven minutes away from you. So that is great. I see her um, pretty frequently. So we'll be doing we'll be doing brunch. And it's just a nice time for me to kind of girl out because I just I I don't see that side of myself all too often because I've I work with men exclusively. Yes, the Celius heat. It's delicious. It's really good. Um, and so it's nice for me to just kind of get the estrogen flowing, girl out, just get it out of my system, get drunk and talk and talk shit in the way that I like talking shit. Cause with guys, you kind of have to, you know, maybe not do the like "Ah," as much. You have to tone it down. Depends on the guys, but generally it does depend on the men. That's very (laughs) true. If I'm going to say uh, pride or enigma or something like that, you can be, you can be a total um, bitch cunt and no one is more of a bitch cunt than gay men. And I think that they would agree with that statement. It's funny that you mentioned like, Hey, you need to hang out with the girl. Cause I was talking to a friend of mine the other day that I ride with and he was like, dude, he's like, we haven't been riding in a while. I was like, I know I need to get out there and just, yeah, be with the boys. And the thing is like, Really, the summertime is, like, good to go for, like, a day, maybe two, whatever. But, like, when we start getting into fall and where it's, like, decent camping time, that's when we go there a lot. So. Mm, good. I told yeah. her, like, we need to plan a, plan a deal. Yeah. Hang just, out. just hang out with the guys, do guy mm-hmm. stuff. And that's, I think, important, especially at a time where gender is everything and nothing. It right. seems to be both. It's like, we need more you know, women. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to coin a term here. I'm going to call it fluid. Fluid. Yeah, it's very fluid. Yeah, but it's just very strange in a time where we're like, we need more women in positions of authority and leadership. But also, like, what is a woman? I don't know. It's nothing, but it's everything. It's whatever you want it to be. We watched that documentary. Yes, we did watch What is a Woman with with Matt Walsh, and it was excellent. It, it was, was good. really good. Um, Matt Walsh is is really good. It's funny because, like... Staying calm. <laughs> it's, it's, like, realistically, that's a YouTube video. Like... Yeah. And they turned it into a documentary, which is fine. And it was like, it wasn't like, you know, they could have made it a series, which would have been like a waste of time, basically. Like, I mm-hmm. I don't like that, too. Like, they're turning these documentaries that should be like an hour long, hour and a half deal into like a six episode mini series. Like, and it, they're just dragging it out. Yeah. This one was like an hour and a half. Like, it was, yeah. it was pretty no, perfect. No, no. It was fine. It was and fine. it was entertaining. Yep. And it was uh educational and it was biased and it was all the things that you know mm-hmm. and and that's what you got to do when you watch pretty much any documentary ever that's trying to push something now again i also agree sure, more along helps. the lines of yeah. uh, with the with the guy who was putting it on and and what's going on and how crazy things have become and it was funny like it was a good watch cuz he kept it, he yeah. kept it entertaining and hilarious you know it was funny and if you if you actually watched it it was funny if you kind of just half ass watch it you probably wouldn't get some of the humor right no but you you definitely have to be paying attention it was good it was really good yeah and it's it's just funny cuz like the whole documentary happens he doesn't know what a woman is and then he like asks his wife and his wife is just like it's a human female and he's like oh okay and then that, that's how it ends. So it's it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I did try to reach out to the guy. I did get a response from his, I don't know, assistant, PR person, whoever. And they just said, um, we really appreciate it, but but no. He's busy. I'm like, okay. Okay. I'm like, he's not, uh, you know, a head of state. He's just a Daily Wire dude. I mean, yeah. not that he's nothing. Don't right, get me right, wrong. Right. And I know that there's a lot of hype and publicity because of the documentary, but also like, what the fuck? Right. 
But okay, 81390 Bubba, uh, it was hard for me to navigate stories yesterday outside of the death of the queen. Every story on uh, New York Post, like the first 12 down where it's like, what's going to happen to her corgis? What's going to happen to her horses? She's dead. Mm. Will Charles do this? What's happening? Harry did. It's just like, oh, fuck. Now- I guess, you know, we're not part of the Commonwealth, thank God. We kind of got our own thing going on. Um, but And it is crazy, like, how historic it is, because 70 years is a long time to be yeah. in power, hold the throne. Um, it's just, it's it's weird that people are still so involved, yet it's so meaningless. But it's not meaningless because, like you said, they're worth, the family's worth $88 billion, so it's just kind of crazy, this weird, it seems, I mean, obviously it is very archaic the way they do things. It's like, you don't, you don't get voted in. You have to wait for someone to fucking die mm-hmm. or abdicate themselves because they married some American floozy, um, which was a crazy story. I didn't know that. Did you, were you aware of how Elizabeth got, uh, got the, the throne? Um, Not, ex- I mean, I knew that. There was somewhat of that kind of story, but, like I, did, I, didn't, but I didn't know it. Yeah, no, I didn't know it. Yeah, so her uncle was king when her grandfather died, and his, I think his name was Edward something or other, and he wanted to get married to an American. It was kind of like the Meghan Markle story. Yeah, yeah. It was oddly similar, but like in the 30s. So I think this happened in 36. He married this American woman who... You know, yeah, I mean, it's crazy because she was twice divorced, which is pretty unheard of, I feel like, in that time. Twice divorced. And I guess under the Church of England, you can't, as the king, get married to somebody who's uh, a divorcee and their ex-spouse is still alive. Like, they had to be dead. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're like, no, we're not going to allow you to marry this chick. And he's like, oh, really? Well, I don't want to be king. I'm like, Fuck, that must have been some good pussy. He ended up staying with her until he died, so at least that's good. But so then his younger brother got to become king, and that was Elizabeth II's dad. So it's just crazy that, like, had he had a son, he just didn't have kids at that point, the uncle, then that, you know, all the Harry and the Charles, like, that shit would never have, mm-hmm. it would have happened, but it wouldn't have mattered because would, they would have just been like extended royal family. But interesting stuff. 81390 Bubba, but everyone just seems to be so obsessed with the story. It's mm-hmm. really hard to to get any to get anything. I was trying to look for other stories of like more pertinent stuff that people care about, but people are just so obsessed with the queen dying and it's like this big tragedy and the people are upset. It's like she was fucking 96, she won. Exactly, like it's not it wasn't shocking. No, not at all. She won the game of life. If you make it to 96, and she was in pretty good health up until the very end. Mm-hmm. And um, I listened to this guy, Peter Atia. He does work with, he's like an MD, a surgeon, and now he does a lot of work with longevity. And he's like, your goal in life to be is to be, in his, you know, quote, his quote, is to be a kick-ass 100-year-old. You know, make it to 100 years, not shitting your pants and not being able to move or walk, but still be really functional. His whole thing is about, like, functionality. Like, don't work out because you want to be the strongest or whatever or be the fastest. He's like, work out for functionality so that when you're in your 90s, you can pick up a grandchild or something like that. 
But he's like, the best way to go is to live your life. You're doing great, doing great. You have like a shitty two months and then you're dead. Like, he's like, that should be your goal. It shouldn't be like 30 years of fucking pain. Right. Well, it's like, so I I was at Jay's house. I said this earlier. I was at Jay's house yesterday doing some stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I'm just surprised. And I was like, you know, I was like, surprised. She was 96, man. He goes, I know. And to his credit, what he was thinking, you know, I mean, obviously he knew she was 96 and was going to die. But he's like. It just felt like she was someone who would just live forever, mm. you know, because really, unless you you're, unless you're like without her, right. Unless you're mm. like 80 ish, you know, nothing else than she, her being the queen. Right. Because she's been there for 70 years. So, yeah. And like, what an incredible life you meet. I think she was the queen through like, I think I counted 15 or 16 World UK oh. prime prime ministers. Oh, um, yeah, she, I think she got, well, she, I mean, she's been around since yeah, uh, World War One, Two, II, and Three, Right. All mm-hmm. the world wars, um, met like all 12 U.S. presidents, like crazy shit like that. Mm-hmm. Just this incredible life. Been to every, you know, corner of the globe, I'm sure meeting people along oh, the yeah. way. Um, and then also having a son who was a, um, a career uh, pedophile. I would not <clears throat> want to be a royal. No. No. I'd want to have their money, but sure. I wouldn't, but I, I, I just, there's no way I'd want to do that. You'd probably want to be like I would, less of a royal, more of a Rothschild. Because sure. there's more enigma surrounding that family. No one is talking about the Rothschilds in the tabloids. No one is following them in the paparazzi. It's just kind of, there's a lot of conspiracy revolving around the family, and I like that. I like that a lot. I love secrets. Uh, my, mm-hmm. As you guys know, I've just been um, uh, not totally obsessed, but very involved in um, learning about intel, even though I could never work for the CIA. Apparently, I'm a bit too... I've said some things, maybe, that you know they'd be like, maybe you're not our girl, maybe you're not our gal, um, which is fine, but I actually... That's what you want us to think. Mm-hmm. I know what's going on. I would love, here's the thing is I, in my mind, I've like romanticized it where I'd be like some sort of agent, but I mean, I'm very risk averse. I have trouble lying to people's faces. Um, I think I would just, I wouldn't thrive in that environment to do the, cause here's the thing. Most people in CIA are just like fucking working behind a computer, yeah, you know, at Langley reports and doing right, dumb shit. boring things. Mm-hmm. But the people who are actually out on the field collecting Intel, like that's some dangerous ass shit. But also the flip side is not that you're keeping America safe. That's not the flip side. The flip side is you get all the secrets. Plus, realistically, you kind of also want to tell people, like, I'm in the CIA. Like, and yeah. And you, you fucking like, can't. You know, like, you know what I do? Yeah. Like, I know. So that's another thing is you have to work like in the thankless shadows where <laughs> say you like even if you because I was I was listening to the CIA guy yesterday, this, this guy, Andrew Bustamante, I've been pretty obsessed with. But he, you know, talks about how it really is kind of like a thankless job because maybe you hear about the things where things didn't go well, like, say, mm-hmm. 9-11, mm-hmm. if you don't believe it was an inside job and you just thought it was um, uh, like incompetence and not necessarily conspiracy because there was a lot of problems with like the the intel between the cia fbi communication a lot of things fell through the cracks and that's kind of like the guys in san diego's that were getting trained as pilots blah 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 that you know boarded the plane and crashed it into the world trade center a lot of them trained in florida too Mm -hmm. yes that as well so 
um, you hear about when things go wrong, right? But to his credit, the guy that I was watching, who was a for, uh, former CIA agent um, or official, I don't know his title, but you know, he he's like, you don't hear about when things get foiled, like plans get foiled where there's a terrorist organization and the CIA or whatever gets the intel and, and stops it from happening. Unfortunately, we don't hear about that on, on the news. We really only hear about when things go wrong. Well, because, you know, and I've said this a million times, like if somebody stops a mass shooting, they're a hero. But you can't say, oh, well, he stopped 400 people from dying. Because who right. knows? So right. You can't say that. So you're like, oh, this guy just stopped a crime. Right. Right. But with CIA, because there's so much secrecy involved that mm-hmm. you don't even hear that. You don't right. even know what's you don't even know sure. what's going on. And there's a reason for that, obviously, because you don't want. And this is what Andrew was saying yesterday is you don't want the enemy to know where they went wrong. Of course. Right. So if, if just a plan didn't work out and you don't hear anything about it. But if you start if the CIA started boasting and saying, well, we caught him here, here and here. It's like, all right, well, next time ISIS is writing down notes e- next exactly. time. Fucking don't do this. Yep. You really don't want to give your 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 enemy any more leverage than they already have. But it's it's a it's an incredible like job to have to have mm-hmm. to live in secrecy to lie to your own family sometimes, which is why they often encourage um, members of the CIA to like date and commingle because then if you have the same security clearance, mm-hmm. you can just talk to each other versus like you just saying you'll be out for the weekend and lying well, to your so wife. And I he wasn't a friend, but I knew a guy. Um, he was a pilot. And he was, he flew for like these small independent company airline things. Well, years later, it turns out there were CIA shell companies and he was flying like surveillance. No, No, he knew. Oh, he knew. But he would, you know, but he would just tell his friends that he flies, you know, little cargo missions back and forth. And and they were like, eh, whatever, jobber. And then years later, they were like, dude, you were in the CIA? Like, and he was doing like, you know, uh, surveillance on like, he'd take a plane that has like, it's like full of antennas and stuff. Mm hmm. A couple guys in the back listening and like fly over like a certain area for like hours and hours and hours and hours like circling and doing intel and but it, he worked for it was for a com- I forget the company's name but it was for a company the CIA owned the company it was right. all down but you know the, nobody that worked there worked for the CIA even though they they were they were agents yeah but yeah he couldn't tell anybody for the entire like he did I think he did it for like fifteen years yeah you just gotta you just kind of gotta lie. And that's hard to be consistent with that. And it's like, I feel like I may slip up with my lie or because sometimes you're supposed to be in a lie and you accidentally tell the truth. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I was here. It's like, oh, I thought you were there. And you're like, fuck, I forgot my cover story, you know. Um, and that's when things start to unravel and fall apart. And and the guy that I was listening to, if you're interested in this guy, um, he has like Everyday Espionage is one of his podcasts and Everyday Spy. And um, he's been on a lot of podcasts, but I've been listening to this one on Lex Friedman. I have about 30 minutes left and it was a four hour podcast. So it's mm. it was it was pretty long, but he just had and he's a little bit of a mark for the CIA. You know, he's he really pr- tries to protect the the agency and kind of um, I don't want to say make excuses for them. But when Lex was like, well, what about like MK Ultra? Mm hmm. And he's and it was so funny because immediately he was like, yeah, that wasn't a conspiracy like that happened. 
Um, so then Lex is like, well, how do you, ex- you know, how do you defend or justify working for an agency with a history like that? And he's like, well, you got to look at the context of. Actually, to be honest, what Lex said was, how do you explain how it went down? Well, Andrew, yeah, he's a <laughs> he's a fucking robot. Here's the thing about Lex Friedman. If you're not familiar with Lex Friedman, he worked in like robotics and AI at MIT. I think now he currently resides in Austin, Texas, much like everybody else I, that I, followed Rogan. I, so, mm-hmm. like, I like Lex, and I like I like what he's done and all that. But like, how did he become like one of the, like the it's, guys? It's uh, it's Joe Rogan, man. No, I am. Well, I, I know, man. but I mean. Yeah, no, it's it's Joe Rogan. Um, I feel like J- Lex has like this autistic charm sure. about him, where he's very, like, he's brilliant in in so many ways, but also really naive. And I think just mm-hmm. through his connections, much like Jeffrey Epstein, he's been able to collect. Fuck kids. Not fuck kids, but that you know of. that I know of. I don't know what he does over in, in Ukraine and Russia, which is where he's from. But he is able, he's collected just like this insane network of people. I mean, when you have Elon Musk as a three-time guest, like that's insane. So he just became popular almost by virtue of the bigger names that came on his podcast. And his podcasts are very fucking long, Mm -hmm. which I think that the people he brings on appreciate that it's not like a 20-minute deal. You're not looking for a viral clip. It's like long-form Willie. You really got to get to dive into things and and suss through things and try to work things out in real time, which is nice. But um, yeah, he's had Jordan Peterson on a bunch. Rogan's been on a bunch, but it's just his podcasts are interesting, not because of him, but it's really the guest almost takes control and kind of leads the conversation wherever they wherever mm-hmm. they want. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, this Andrew Bustamante guy, I saw him on Concrete. I watched the whole thing with him on Concrete uh, with Danny Jones. And then I I saw he was on Lex. So I'm like, I got to dive into this again. I just, I fucking love Intel. I think it's so interesting. I mean, you're just, you're spying on other countries to collect their data so that you can, you know, protect the U.S., but also, you know, harm your enemies. And he talks a lot about ethical flexibility, moral flexibility, he just kind of gives you an out to be an asshole a little bit. Be like, oh, well, it's in the name of national security, mm-hmm. so you can fucking do whatever the fuck you want. But what was interesting, because I know that there's kind of like a lot of conspiracy revolving around Jeffrey Epstein, and they did get into that. But, you know, and I was thinking that Andrew wouldn't claim Jeffrey Epstein to have any sort of association with the CIA or maybe any intelligence operation. But he said, without a doubt, 100% he was working for intelligence. And Lex was like, well, how did this happen? You know, was did they kind of groom him to be this guy? And Andrew was like, uh, 100% no. He w- himself was kind of working in his natural, right. you know, environment, his natural habitat. Somebody caught wind of that. Honestly, I think it's the fucking Mossad. Like, I, I'm almost 100%. Number one, because he was working with Maxwell, and Maxwell's dad was in the Mossad, and she was involved in intelligence. And it kind of was congruent with his earlier statements about the Mossad, about how they will do fucking anything. He went through, like, a list of all the different major intelligence organizations around the world and, like, which ones are the most effective, which ones are the best at X, Y, and Z. And he said that, you know, the ones with the widest reach is the, I think it's the Chinese military, uh, Ministry of, of whatever, defense. I don't know what it was. 
But he he said something interesting about Chinese and Chinese people and Chinese culture. He's like, if you're an American living abroad, like you consider yourself to be an expat, like you're mm-hmm. an American, but you kind of adopt the local mm-hmm. culture, language, like you try to assimilate yourself. He's like, if you talk to a Chinese person that lives anywhere they are Chinese. They are not trying to assimilate the same way that Americans try to assimilate. Right. So what they do is like they kind of collect intel and give all of their information. Like every citizen is, is a, in a sense, an intelligence agent mm-hmm. feeding information back to the motherland because I feel like more than anything, Chinese people are taught that like your loyalty is to motherland China. You know what I mean? It's not about freedom. We 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 love allegedly freedom, liberty, individuality. Mm-hmm. China Chinese culture is completely opposite. It's like collectivism, China, mother China. You know, pay pay homage to China. Uh, your loyalties lie with China. So he said that the Chinese intelligence agency is essentially every Chinese citizen who's looking out for China in the best interests of China. But he said that the Mossad. Um, it seems like has the, the most ethical flexibility and they'll do fucking anything, which I kind of appreciate and like because Jews have been fucked with for millennia, mm-hmm. right? We know this. They've been a scapegoat. The World War II and the Holocaust wasn't the first time that the world saw some anti-Semitism. It was the, the, the greatest... Um, uh, like atrocious act of anti-Semitism the world had ever seen. But, uh, I mean, you look at the Moors and the Jews were banished and the Jews didn't have like a homeland. So when Zionism became a thing after World War II, you know, um, it, it the, the formation of Israel, as soon as Israel was essentially like the inception of Israel, like six countries tried to attack Israel, mm-hmm. like in the War of Independence in, in 1948, I believe. And after that, the Yom Kippur War, like there's just con- like it's Israel's under constant fire because it's literally in the middle of a bunch of like Arab Muslim countries that don't want it to exist. Exactly. So it's got to be strong. It's got to be good. It, uh, Israel probably has like the most powerful military like per capita, Israel and Taiwan. Obviously, if the U.S. and Israel went to war, uh, America would win just by virtue of size and magnitude and money. But in per capita, I would say Israel probably has like the st- strongest military on they the got planet. A lot of stuff. They got a lot of stuff, and they're a tiny ass country. Like they're really fucking small. What's mm-hmm. what's the population? Like ten million, if that. Not a nine. Is it 10. that small? I think so. I'll look it up right now. Let's see. Ask ask the bitch. Oh right, Alexa. Gotta turn her up. What is it? It's a the iPod. 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 It might not say it. Uh, iPod. Uh, he, he relabeled it. I don't know what he's. Re- no, it's not net. Uh, uh, replay. No. Hmm. Just uh, turn a bunch of them up. Okay. Well, that's not it. Alexa, hello. What's the population of Israel? Alexa. She answered. Oh, she did. Um, it's not slate. Shower open. Maybe. Maybe shower. Maybe shower. Alexa, what is the population of Israel? Oh, it says right here. 8.69 million people. 8.69? That's it? Yeah, it's really fucking small. Thank you. You Um, those other ones off probably. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it's really small. So for its size, but that's that's the deal with um, conscription. Okay, this isn't shutting off, so that's that's probably why it was off. Um, 
that's the deal with conscription. That's why they need every every person that's 18, man or sure. woman, needs to get drafted into the military for, I think, women it's two years, men it's three. I could be wrong about that. But I think that's how it goes. But that's how you have to protect yourself. So I understand that the Mossad has this, you know, has to have this attitude like, listen, we got to do everything in our power to protect our people uh, because there's not very many of them. There's only 10 million Jews in the world. And thank God, right? Not more. Um, But there's like billions of Christians. There's billions of Muslims. There's probably a billion Buddhists, which aren't really like. I feel like the Buddhists don't really fucking bother anybody. Well, unless they're Chinese and then they have, you know, weaker uh, uh, internment camps, whatever, Mm -hmm. re-education camps. But that has nothing to do with Buddhism. That's more of a China deal. Let's take a few phone calls. Hello, who's this? Hey, it's Greg in Texas. Hey, Greg in Texas. What's going on? I've got an interesting CIA story for you. Oh, do you? Tell me, please. Uh, Porter Gost was uh, head of the CIA during the first Buddhist administration. I think he only served for two years. What's his name again? You're kind of cutting up. Just low. Uh, Porter Goss, G-O-S-S. Okay, okay. Porter Goss. Goss. And uh, he lived on Sanibel Island, which is close to where I lived. Right. And he was very good, he was very good friends with uh, a friend of mine's family. And long story short, my buddy's mom died. And... Uh, they were they were they were close with the Goss family, and, the, and Porter Goss showed up for the uh, service, which was held at a house. And of course, when he came in, he, he was obviously surrounded by a couple bodyguards and kept a low profile. But we were all sitting there, kind of talking, and somebody said, "Hey, is your phone working?" And he, the guy said, "No, my phone's not working." Everybody checked their phones. Nobody had service. We're like, man, this is weird. We just had service two minutes ago. Yeah. Well, as soon as Porter Goss left and his crew left, everybody's phone service came back on. So they were obviously huh. shutting down ways to communicate so people couldn't come call somebody and say, hey, the guess who's over here, the head of the CIA? And, and uh, But they, they shut down everybody's phones while the, the time he was there. That's some crazy shit. I like those stories. <laughs> Thank you for calling in and telling me about that. You're very welcome. All right. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. 81390-Bubba with your CIA or FBI or any sort of intel stories. Um, But it is hard not to... Your mind... Your mind just starts filling in gaps, and that's why conspiracy theories are so popular, because, you know, you're given a few points of data that you know, whatever, like JFK assassination, 9-11, pick your whatever event, crisis, doesn't matter... And then because you're only giving a few points of data and you don't really know, your mind just kind of takes over and you start you start coming up with theories and those theories propagate. And then, you know, you've been you, you're you're down the rabbit hole like me sometimes just looking at Reddit going, what the fuck is going on? And um, and you red pill yourself because here's the here's the problem with that is that sometimes conspiracy theories are true. Sometimes they really did happen. And so it's really it's much like someone who's cheated on you in the past. It's really hard to, when they say, no, I'm not cheating on you this time. It's like, no, I know what you've been up to, MK Ultra. I know what you've been up to. I know some of the things you've thrown on the table, Operation Northwoods. I know some of your ideas. I know what you've been up to. So it's hard to trust them when they go, no, we've, we're really good now. We haven't been up to anything, um, you know. Uh, ill-natured or whatnot so it is a little bit um, confusing to know when you're being fed the truth and when you're not and at the end of the day guess what you'll never fucking know you will never 
fucking know. And that that haunts me because I feel like, you know, I spend all this time, we all do, especially on this show, trying to educate ourselves and learn more about something. But at the end of the day, you kind of just got to throw your hands up and go, we'll never really know. But I think that it makes you an interesting person when you try to investigate and educate yourself instead of throwing yourself to the whims of ignorance and other people's opinions. You know, I think it's an important practice to try to just investigate and learn things for yourself. Eight one three ninety Bubba. Um, can we can we talk a little bit about our, our excursion that might be happening that is happening next week? Or did you want to sure keep that under wraps? Um. We will be going to a to foreign country. Puerto Rico. Yeah, so we're going to Puerto Rico next week, which I'm very excited about. Um, hopefully the weather will be decent. Otherwise, uh, I don't know what we're going to do, but whatever. We'll we'll make the best of it yeah. regardless. But um, thank you for reconsidering your... Um, I, I feel like you didn't have the, the best reputation of Puerto Rico. You didn't think it was maybe the best place to go and, and I, visit like, and explore. Like I said, I think the place looks cool. It's the people. I mean. Right. Because uh, Blitz was like, wait, but Puerto Ricans live in Puerto Rico. And I was like, right. He's like, I got a problem with that. And I go, hmm. Well, how can we work around it? But then again, I thought about it. And pretty much everywhere I want to go, the problem is there's people there. So. Right. So let's just get up and go. I've never been to the Caribbean before, and I think it would just be a fun place to explore that's America, but also not really America. And more importantly, we choose Puerto Rico because it was cheap. Yeah. Well, it and direct cheap. flights. It was cheaper. And direct flights. Direct flights is big. I don't think I can ever do, if there's an option for direct flight, I don't think I can ever do a layover ever again. Um, my last trip to California on the way home was direct and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. Fucking trying to do um, layovers here and then you get delayed an extra three hours. It's like an extra nine hours of wasted time if you could just pay an extra 40, 50, even a hundred bucks. See, so and save all a day. of you people in chat that say it sucks, it's a dump, enjoy the smell of hot garbage. I agree. But here's the thing is then I can use that against her when she goes, let's go to so-and-so. I'll go, no, you remember Puerto Rico? That was your idea. So I, I know. I know it's a dump. I know it's going to smell. I know I know all that. Yeah. But what you guys don't get is that it's a smell that we've never smelled before. It's trash we've never seen before. And much unlike mm. you guys who don't value novelty and seeing new things, I do. I like seeing new things, even if it sucks, even if it's Daytona, where I've just been lied to my whole life. Oh, Daytona, it's the best beach in the world, most iconic, whatever. You go, it's fucking dumb. It sucks. But it was fun because it was new. It was fresh. I'd never seen it before. And now I can tell people, yeah, I've been to Daytona, not impressed. Same with Puerto Rico. You just go to places and you're unimpressed and you, you, you tell people about it. Yeah. But it's a talking point for the rest of your life. I could be like, oh, I've been there. And, and that's worth something to me. Most people, maybe not. But for me, it's, yeah, I've been to Puerto Rico. It's cool. And yes, we're going to go to the rainforest and we're going we're gonna to do that stuff. Yes, yeah. So we're going to, you know, not just be in San Juan the whole time, but we've, no. we've both been doing independent research about cool places to stay and cool things to do. So it will be fun. We're going to travel the whole country. The whole country um, <laughs> in about f- five hours. 
Um, so it should be fun. I'm excited about it. I almost wanted to ask for like suggestions, but you know what? Don't just fucking don't. Please don't. I'm, I'm not going to. I don't need people messaging me about what to. I've, I've done my research. I, We've kind of we only have three days, so it's not like we have yeah, that much time. Right. So we'll get, we're going to get in as much as possible. I definitely want to check out the rainforest. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely obviously want to check out old San Juan, yep. the city. We're going to do some uh, research this weekend so we can actually understand the historical context and meaning behind, um, you know, uh, w- the history of Puerto Rico. Because to be honest with you, I don't know shit. I don't know anything about Puerto Rico. T- to be honest with you, like, it has been an afterthought of my life. Whenever I think about the United States, it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, Puerto Rico's a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I forget. So it's it's cool. We're going to be going. We'll be invested. We'll see a fucking rainforest, and it'll be a good time. Uh, call back. Sorry. 813-90-BUBBA. Just another reminder, again, that we do have Bubba 199 tonight at 8 p.m., so make sure you tune in for Thank you, OFF. That. Oh, thank you, OFF. What did she... She says, "Hopefully, it's nicer than when I went there." Oh no! Um, but she said to have fun, and she would have if she would have gone to the rainforest, she would have had a better time, and et cetera, et cetera. She there said, "Have a go. great time." We will. I, I, so, I know you don't want uh, advice on this, but I, I have a question that I would actually like advice on. From me or from the people? Both. Okay, so let's say this did not happen to me. Wink, wink. Um, but let's say you go home and there's a package sitting in your front door and you take it and you're like i don't remember ordering anything and you kind of look around and it's not even your package not your name not your address but ups left it on your front door what should you do um does the name look familiar at all perhaps a neighbor no is it a cool package well, it did happen to me, so I don't know. But I'm just saying. Like, I'm asking in the hypothetical, is it a cool package? Right. Uh, or no. It's all right. I mean, let's just assume it's okay. It's nothing like you'd want. But like, man, whatever. It didn't cost anything. It so just showed up in your front door. Should you return it or something? Yeah. Like, what? what's the, the correct protocol? Well, I think the correct protocol is not the fun protocol, but the correct protocol would be to uh, to try to find its rightful owner. So now it's up to the person who received the incorrect package to then track down its owner. Well, you said what's the what's the um, the right thing to do, and I would say that's probably the right thing to do. It's not necessarily your responsibility, but if we're talking straight ethics and morality, I would say it's it's now on you to try and find its rightful owner because that would be the polite, decent thing to do. Mm. Yeah, because I I was thinking about it yesterday. You know, say like if that happened, uh, you know, it should like. So, you know, let's, let's assume that, like, I go home today, there's a package on my front door that mm-hmm. this happens to. So, should I now spend my time having to call UPS or take this package? And let's assume they're big. There's a bunch of them. There's big, big packages that don't may- maybe not fit in the car. Uh, find a way to get them to the UPS place or do I spend my time to call UPS or just... Now, is the address... Like anything close, or it is your address? No, I mean, let's assume like maybe the address is kind of close, but like totally wrong street part of town, but like the number might match. Oh, I see, I see. Um, it, I mean, no, it's not your responsibility, but that's a separate question from what's the what's the like moral thing to do, you know? Like the the moral thing to do, I think, would be to like call a UPS and it sucks. Yeah, the, you know, to to say, hey, I got this package. Someone's going to be missing. Someone needs to go p- come pick this shit up. But no, it's not your responsibility. It's their bad. Okay. It's their bad. 
Finders keepers, then. Yes. Finders keepers, losers, weepers. Well, um, I can't wait to hypothetically show you what it is. <laughs> I hope it's some uh, Fit Crunch bars that got misplaced that aren't melted. That would be great. No, they, they would be melted. Especially if it was from Amazon. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I'm going to put you guys on hold, and we will get to all these calls after the break, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back. And by the way, I'm getting a new drone delivered today to my house. And if they deliver it to somebody else, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> I will go find it. <laughs> find you and I will kill you. All right. Let's take a few calls as promised. Hopefully I have some good intel stories. What's going on? Who's this? Oh, Christ. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. No good intel. I just, I got a couple. I'll make them quick. Subtract me. One, you got, yeah, hey, how are y'all? Hi. When it, when it comes to your vacation, I know you're already going to Puerto Rico, but you should check out Aruba. Just keep it in mind. I went. It was very nice. Anyway. Nice. And then the other thing is. How do you feel about idiot delivery drivers delivering to the wrong house? Well, listen, I was just going to tell you about that and tell you a little story, too, with it, because here's what happened. When they deliver to the wrong house or whatever, listen, this is, I'm actually working right now. Yeah, I know. Anyways, when they deliver to the wrong house, it sends a message to our little center. And every package we scan gets a, uh, a location pin, like your phone would or something, you know what I mean? Right. So it'll pin where you deliver it. So they'll come back to your house and try to pick it up. But if you say you didn't get it, then there's not a whole lot you can do about it, or they can. Right. But they'll be like, hey, it says I delivered it here because my supervisor delivered a camera to the wrong house. Mm -hmm. And the guy tried to keep it, and then they had to get the cops involved and everything. And then they ended up getting it back, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, um, so there's a little pin. So you keep it if you say you didn't get it. They can't prove it, whatever. And then yeah, the other thing it. is, where? Yeah, I don't blame you. Where? Uh, where is your car show you're going to? Oh, it's a Tampa Auto Show. Tampa Auto Show. It's the. Uh, Does that start early? Oh, uh, it starts today. Yeah, it's Two Friday months, through yeah. Sunday. It's like the new cars, and it's and it's. I mean, nothing crazy. It's just regular cars. You. All right, well, sweet. Yeah, y'all have a good one. I'll, I'll get out your hair. It's at the Tampa up. Convention Center. Anyone can go. It's, I don't oh. know, it's, what's it, like 20, 30 bucks, something like that? I think it's less. All but, right, yeah, so go. If it's inside, it'll be cooler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. You were talking about idiot delivery drivers. I did that the other day. I misdelivered to the neighbor's house. I parked in front of the mailbox, 129. I walked up to house 125 and left a $12,000 package at the front door Oof. of 125. Damn. I mean, yeah, I my so boss was not happy. Yeah, I mean, I've had stuff to, like that has been delivered to me that's like next door or even like a block away, and I'll I'll just go give it to whoever. But if it's like not even close or whatever, I'm not going to spend my time. Yeah, hell no, I wouldn't either. That's my shit. Y'all have a good one. Yep. <laughs> Bye, track me. Have a good one. Hello, who's this? Hey, Trickney. What's up, Trickney? How have you been? Hi, guys. Good. How about you? Good. good. So I just have a random question. You guys were talking about Puerto Rico. Um, it made me think of passports. And so at, one of the first things I had to learn in my new job was to, how to take a passport photo. And I guess I could have Googled this, but I feel like Blitz knows everything. So, so like, you can't – you have to show your ears. Right. You can't smile. You can smile, but no teeth. Mm -hmm. Even if you have prescription glasses, you can't wear them. When did that change? Because I feel like, I mean, I got my passport a long time ago to make it like a fucking mugshot. Like, 
I thought it was kind of always been like that, and it has to be like you know two inches tall, and your eyes have to be like on the top third line. Oh yeah, it's definitely it's a process. I just did one for an eleven-day-old baby the other day. Jeez. Oh shit, that was, that was interesting. Yeah, I just renewed my passport. Uh, it's been a few couple, a few months now, but so yeah, I had to go to get new pictures and all that. Yeah, I couldn't smile or anything. Yeah, and like the women will show up and like they look so pretty, and then they'll get so pissed, and I'm like, yeah, so that hair is gonna have to go behind your ears. And mm-hmm. like, it's so fucking frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> but, you really have to illuminate uh, your flaws. Yeah. Um, and they always look like mugshots. But mm-hmm. anyways. Um, so I hope you guys have are you are you definitely going to Puerto Rico? Yeah. yeah. That's so exciting. I know. I've never been. Yeah, me neither. That's why well, we want to go. Good news is you don't need a passport. <laughs> yeah. Cuz yeah, it's well, in America. I know that, but yeah. it made me think of traveling and mm-hmm. whatever. So. Yep. Anyways. All right. That's awesome. all I got. All right. Cool. Bye, Trick. Me have a great weekend. Sorry? What's got my email? Uh, Yeah, I thought I, re- I replied to it. Okay, okay. Yeah, you're good, yep. All right, bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. It's for her ring. Nice. So, although we will not be needing our passports for this trip, we will be needing our passports for a trip very soon. I got some ideas. Oh, God. It's going to be good. All right, last call. Hello, who's this? Hey, Anna, it's Chris uh, from Charleston. How are you doing? What's up, Chris? Hey, so y'all were talking about Israel and their army? Yeah. Okay, so so my dad's retired Air Force, um, so he uh, dealt with the F-16s. Yep. Hey, Blitz, I know that uh, this, this was something that you're probably interested in, too. So he worked on the F-16s. He was telling me when the F-22s came out, they were they sold the F-16s. They were selling a lot of them to Israel. Yep. And they would modify the F-16s to outmaneuver their new F-22s. Correct. So what? But it was all classified. So whatever whatever they did to those old F-16s was better than our state of the art F-22s. Uh, somewhat. So I just thought I'd share that information. Because a lot of the early ones we sold to them had, like, downgraded engines and shit, too, the F-16s. So they re-engined them and put new avionics in them. But it's still not as good as the F-22s. Right. Well, that's probably what they were doing. Mm-hmm. But Israel is a for- is not a force to be reckoned with. No. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty powerful. Hey, mm-hmm. I love I love y'all's show. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Catch it every Friday. I just wish that y'all were on... Uh, uh, more often. We I might guess, be doing Thursdays um, now with the addition of Lummies, so yeah. stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. So um, I heard uh, early this morning uh, the, the, the the two girls, the truck drivers, I really agree. Scout and Big Gulp, yeah. Big Gulp, yep, yep, yep. I think that that was a great idea. So cool. Awesome, man. Appreciate That's, it. Uh, I hope you all have a good weekend. All right. Thank, thank you, you Chris, from Charleston. Have a great week. And all right, you too. Bye. Uh, eight one three ninety Bubba. You got anything um, exciting planned for the day? Yeah, I got a lot of exciting things planned. I'm gonna paint my toenails. Oh, I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna finish those fucking cookies, which oh, is a yeah, two day deal. Yes, yeah, so there'll be cookies tonight, and I they'll can't be wait. good. We're gonna have chicken and cookies tonight. I know. Um, uh, breakfast Ooh. dinner of champions. Yeah, Big Red's cooking chicken. Is he really, or uh, is this a, this is a okay? Oh, great. Yeah, Bubba said. Big Red's cooking chicken. That's true. It's happening. It's going down. I'm going to be, and I already got a, a video half made for the cookie deal. So hopefully they, they turn out okay. I'll be bringing those. 
Um, and when people try anything I've made, like I try not to look as creepy as I want to look because oh, I just yeah. I want to capture every you know every expression that they're making if they enjoy what they're eating. But I want an honest expression i want an honest response i don't want them to say something to make me feel good because that's not going to make me a better baker Mm. but you are good about that you always tell me the truth you're like this is uh, this is burnt and i'm like oh right okay all right all right we'll we'll, we'll cook it a little less next time well no big deal i so i always tell people i'm like hey if i cook something like let me know how it really is because if you don't i'm gonna do it the same way next time right so like if it if it's not how you like it if it's too salty not salty enough cook too much cook too little tell me because i'll make it how you like it next time exactly just like sex or something like that where if 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 someone doesn't like yeah i'll make it more salty don't do to tell them what you do like and what they did well and maybe don't do this because it doesn't do anything or whatever that's just you got to communicate communication is key with everything unless you're in the cia in which don't communicate the fuck at all but um even even if I had the chance to tap into someone's brain from the CIA, I would still choose Hillary Clinton. I would still choose Hillary Clinton hmm. to, to if I you could love her. I just know that she knows so much shit, and the fact that like she's able to keep it together is even more impressive. Like, is a sociopath someone that's just born that way, or is a sociopath someone that's made? I think it's a little bit of both in her. In her situation. I don't know her at all, obviously. I, I but. wish you could become great friends with her and she could be like, look, Anna, let me tell you something. She would never tell me. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't know shit. No. All these people think I That's know all this stuff. That's a fucking lie, Hill. I, I know that my husband's Hill? cheated on me five or six times. Hill? But I don't know a fucking I know you thing. know Epstein or did. He's probably still alive. I know he killed people. But my regret. Three Let's talk about Vince Foster. 14 bits. Thank you so what much. Happened? What happened? I want to know. Um, but she just, the fact that she's able to keep it together, the fact that politicians, and again, I do think more than anything, I think it's more of just a product of time and desensitization, if that's the word. That's how you create a good politician is someone who isn't, who isn't jarred by, you know, the fact that a few people had to take a lick in order for you to step up in the world. Like you just understand that that's the way that it goes and if it wasn't you, somebody else would be doing the same thing. And it's kind of do or die. And I um, I don't want to say I admire that quality about people. That's not something I possess because I feel like I harbor too much Jew guilt. But again, maybe it could be conditioned out of me because I don't think you start off being a, you know, like I remember listening to this guy who was part of the mob, right? The mafia. And he said, you know, at first you do like good vigilante stuff like you hurt people that you know, yeah. stole from grandma or something like that. So it's justified mm-hmm. in your mind. You're like, well, these people are bad people. So I'm going to hurt bad people. But then that kind of transitions into people that maybe looked at you the wrong way. And then you just start going after innocent people and killing kids, fucking kids. Doesn't even matter anymore mm-hmm. because you don't feel anything. I remember watching, did you ever see, it was like a popular documentary for a hot second. Um, Invisible children no. is like these chill. It's like these, um, these kids in Uganda that were taken uh, from their families, parents were murdered or oh, whatnot, okay. and they were taken into this like, um, uh, like the in, into custody of these warlords, and they would train Is it them. That Coney shit was that who was doing that? Coney, 
like James Comey? Co- no, well, no, Coney, no. you're saying. Yeah, um, remember that Coney shit that was big? No, no, I don't know. I don't know. All I do know is that one of the producers or one of the guys who made Invisible Children was like caught masturbating in public in Pacific Beach, San Diego. I remember hearing about that and they're like, this is the guy that did Invisible Children. And he was like just jerking off in public. And I remember that got a lot of attention. But we did watch Invisible Children and it is really fucking sad. These, you know, these people, these kids are essentially just, you know, they kill the parents, they kidnap them, they take them and they train them to be warriors, you know, to fight for these gangs or warlords or whatnot. And nobody knows about it or didn't know about it. And no one was trying to help them. And, you know, you talk to them, you talk to like an 11 year old and the shit that they've seen, they're completely desensitized. And so they don't have a problem with violence or murder because they've been desensitized. And I feel like politicians are, you know, kind of act much in the same way where, you know, you do one thing that kind of bends the rules a little bit and that lends you to be okay with it and to kind of accept the game as it is. And then that leads to further and further corruption. Coney 2012. Is fascinating. Is a short documentary film produced by Invisible Children Creators. Invisible Children Inc. Wasn't wasn't the guy caught masturbating or something? Am I did I did I just make that up in my head because uh, I wanted it to be true or I don't know, but I guess it's like an update to the Coney twenty twelve is like an update to Invisible Children, and then Coney twenty twelve two part two came out Beyond Famous. Hmm. But I guess it's all it's all related to the same same shit. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I think politics in that regard, not necessarily the policies, but politicians fascinate me in terms of like how they how they navigate the world, how they justify things, what they really think. Because really, like, they're, a lot of them are just puppets for corporations or whomever. Like, we don't know these anonymous figures. Like, you know, I'm not saying George Soros, but, you know, he's an easy example because he funds a lot of this, like, left-wing bullshit. So you have these puppets just kind of pop up, and obviously they are making money off of being a spokesperson for whatever constituents, right, left, center. Well, not center, because who fucking cares about this? Who cares about people being logical Mm -hmm. and rational and, like, people saying things? You don't really hear people in politics saying, yeah, I kind of see your point. Like, that's never... That's yeah, never something you, people you say. Can't. You can't. You got to go. I'm right. You can't go. Well, yeah. I kinda, let's discuss this more. You've never heard a politician say, "I don't. I don't know." Let me Google that later. Which is what most of them do. You know, in preparation for something. It's not like you're. You're not AOC. You're not going to become a congressperson at 28 and know fucking everything that happened and mm-hmm. have the same sort of experience as someone who's been living for 60 years. So it's it's strange. It's very um, it's very interesting to me how it all goes down. I wouldn't be any good at it, but I do admire the people that can, like Hillary Clinton. But so, I admire them for different reasons than everybody else. I think it's good enough for threshold for our show. Can you hit the horn real quick? <laughs> Shivering beeves, Nizero says forty one hundred bits. Woo! Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate ya. Um, I did also want to cover. A little bit of the mystical deal, because I find this to also be fascinating. We did cover during the main show. If you're unaware, mystical was this rapper who sang uh, Shake Your Ass. I think it was like a hit in the early 2000s. He's like a rapper out of 2000, I think. Yes. Out of uh, Louisiana, New Orleans, something like that. And he's just been in and out of prison. It seems like for the last. uh, Oh, no, no, I'm getting all my stories confused. Who is who is the guy that um, 
took the woman in the van and killed her, the SUV, because they both had like a long rap sheet. Oh, I don't know. Well, whatever. Um, Mystical has been, I think he just spent like six years in prison for something, gets out, commits another crime, spent like 18 months in, in prison, gets out, and then I guess he's been convicted of first degree rape, strangulation, <laughs> uh, Venmoing himself money for laying good pipe, et cetera, et cetera. What's interesting to me that I see happen with um, some folks who get themselves, I'm not going to assume that he came from poverty, but I think it's, he represents a, a, a type of person who like, who finally gets out of poverty, right? But still finds themselves doing poverty-like crimes, like what do you you don't have to do that anymore you're rich you don't have to rape people anymore you're rich you don't have to steal from people anymore why do you keep doing that stop doing that stop doing heroin and start doing percocets money ain't gonna change me Mm -hmm. that's just such a bizarre thing because sometimes i think that many of the time it's like you see people doing crimes out of necessity where, or it's all that they know, right? Because they they can't feed their family. So you, in that case, you kind of justify crime. I couldn't feed my family, so I stole bread. People go, oh, "That's I understand that. That that makes sense." When you start stealing bread just for the sake of stealing bread, it's like, what the well, fuck is going on with your brain? I couldn't feed my family, so I stole cigarettes. Well, yeah, that's that. also not cool. Not great. I, I think. I think. For the, I, I know it's wrong, but, like, for the most part, if you're stealing food to feed your family, like, a lot of people probably wouldn't have a problem with that. It's still, like, it's still you shouldn't do it, but, like, you're not stealing cars because it's fun. Right, you're right. stealing bread because your kid's hungry. Right, and I understand that that's, kind of, that's more of, like, a, a third world deal because here you could probably go to any church and say you're hungry and someone will feed I, you. I get that, but, like, if you really are, like... If it really, if you really are stealing food to feed your family, like most people, be like, eh, whatever. Right, right. It's when you're stealing luxury items, which, yeah. like you said, like cigarettes and cars, that nobody yeah. really, really feels bad for you. But it is interesting that some people, and you think that, like, much like Bubba was saying, you spend six years in prison, you get out, you mm-hmm. think, all right. I fucking learned my lesson. I had six years of sitting and thinking about what I did and how I could be different and not end up here. Yet you just find yourself doing the same shit. Like, what is it that it's all that you know? Yeah, is it's, it? It's almost like some people like are just destined to that. Like, <laughs> um, like they you can't rehabilitate them, which is just um, it's. It's strange. Or, or like, are that's, you not afraid of consequences? Like, I don't understand the mental processing. maybe just how some people are. Right. You got a broken brain. And I don't know how... Do you, here, let me ask you Let me ask you this question. This okay. is probably going to go down a very philosophical path, but... Um, we can get all philosophical think, here. Oh, no. I'm not going <laughs> to play that one. I think we've all heard it enough. Um do you think that free will is a thing? Do you believe in free will? As far as, I mean, I mean, do I believe in free will? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. I've, I'm going to reread this book. It's like literally 60 pages. It's like nothing. Sam Harris wrote this incredible, like tiny little book about making a case for the fact that free will does not exist. Basically saying that you're obviously a product of your environment, which you really couldn't control, like growing up. 
and you're also a product of your genetics, which you have zero control over. You're just born mm-hmm. with a brain. Mm-hmm. And he's also a neuroscientist, and he said that in the lab he could test people and like give ask them a question, and before they were able to even verbalize an answer to like they would choose red or blue or whatever a certain area of the brain obviously that's not the question they asked but whatever a certain area of the, of the brain would light up before the person was even conscious of the decision that they were going to make so instead of the person it seems like we're the conscious author of our thoughts but really consciousness again according to sam harris who's much smarter and knows a lot more than i do instead of being the conscious author of our thoughts we're essentially just like a witness to thoughts that kind of appear as we navigate through life. We're because if you think about it, like when you're sit- sitting out at, like in your bed at night, you're not really choosing to think about anything. Things just start popping into your mind, and obviously, you can go down a path of whatever you're thinking about. But at the end of the day, you really can't control anything that you are thinking about. And you really can't control how your brain is wired. And you really can't control the environment that you grew up in, especially as a child, mm-hmm. where you are, there's a, a critical point of, of learning and imprinting where you can't really undo at a certain point. So he's saying that he's like, people treat free will as if it's a thing. But in reality, at the at the at the core, like neural basis of it, he's like it it actually doesn't exist. And then you know he starts bringing up all these arguments, saying, "Well, then why should we punish people for just a broken brain or something that they couldn't control, like their environment?" And he was saying, essentially, when you put people away in prison for something that they've done, he's like, "It's less about punishing them and more about protecting the rest of society. It's just sequestering them from society, of course, not so much to punish them." Or to rehabilitate them because they may not be able to be rehabilitated, but it's really just about protecting everybody else and making sure that they're not in society causing more problems. Mm-hmm. So it's a really interesting take because when I before I picked up the book, I'm like, of course, free will exists. Like I can, I'm choosing to do whatever I want. Oh shit, hold on. Thought this lottery ticket like went into the trash, and I was like, oh no, that's not. Uh. It's like all right, just put it right there. So um, he makes a real interesting case for the fact that free will doesn't exist and that you're just kind of a, a slave, essentially, to um, the making of your mind, which you really didn't have anything to do with. So some food for mm. thought there. 813-90-Bubba. O.J. Simpson is back. He's better than ever. Talk about a life well lived. Talk about getting away with murder and then writing a book about how you would have done it if you did it, but you didn't do it, but you actually did. Tweets are hilarious. His tweets are hilarious. He's just like the friendliest grandpa who wants you to be safe. I mean, during the pandemic, he was really encouraging people to, you know, socially distance, wear masks. I think I saw a video, I don't know if you remember, of him disinfecting money. Like he was spraying money down with some Lysol or something. And now he's just living his best life on the golf course. He was at the Bills game yesterday. Like, it's just so funny that you could be in like a club or sit and have seats. And then like OJ Simpson, who stabbed someone so bad, almost decapitated them, is sitting right next to you. And apparently he's really nice. I have no people that have met him. I know his kids do. 
both his kids do. And he did for a while. Yeah, I know he did too. But he's all over the place. He's traveling. He's doing great. He's probably got some merch. Like, what What a life that person has lived to get away with murder. And then, like, he's not, he did have, what was the thing in, in Las Vegas with the, He tried what to happened? steal his stuff back. Steal something that was rightfully his own? I don't. Is that even a crime? Well, yeah, you can't break into somewhere and hold them up. With right. People with guns. But as of late, it seems like he's, and he, didn't he serve like 10 years for that? Yeah, it was a, lo- it was a long time. But he's out now. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's calmed down. He's, I think he's like in his 70s, he's like 74 or I mean, something. he's always, I mean, not, maybe not always, but like for the past 20, 30 years, been like calm. Okay. Until he goes into his fits of rage and right, right, people. Right, right, right. So, yeah, because I even, I remember, uh, I don't know if I watched it with you. I don't think I did. Mm-hmm. But there was like a six-part series of the O.J. Simpson, and it kind of builds up his case, who he was, you know, when he was playing for, I believe it was USC, right? And then he went into the league, and um, he was just essentially the man. Like in Hollywood, where especially there weren't a lot of black people really thriving, he was getting along famously, and everybody loved him, and he was like really... Mm-hmm charismatic and fun and smart and well-spoken and everything like that. And then, you know, he's just got this other side to him where he just, he just kills people. He decapitates people. And that's crazy. I wonder if he remembers doing it because I've heard, this hasn't really happened to me, but I've heard that sometimes you can get in such a fit of rage that you essentially black out. Oh, yeah. I, why do you think that that happens? Do you well, think that the adrenaline... Your body does a lot of crazy stuff to block out things that, like, you should... Like, people that get in, like, car accidents and stuff, and even if they're, like, conscious and, like, hurting and all that, don't remember any of it, or they... You know, but is people, that because of impact to the brain? Not necessarily, but some... I mean, you know? some probably, but, like, also people that, like, hurt themselves really bad, like, later don't remember a lot of it, or, like, for some reason, like, they'll cut off an arm and, like... It'll hurt, but they don't, like, feel, like, ridiculous amounts of pain. Hmm. I think your body and your brain, like, you know, try to protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's odd that, like, when you get in a fit of rage that suddenly the the brain shuts off and you turn into, like, a zombie and you can't, you, like, don't remember certain things. There mm-hmm. must be some sort of correlation with ad- adrenaline and maybe that's the case because adrenaline is probably you know your your parasympathetic nervous system is acting up fight or flight yeah. and you're just working on just pure adrenaline and i guess like you said if something bad happens during that portion of time your brain tries to protect your your the rest of you so that you don't have nightmares or whatever but um and and not to say that this happened to me in any way sort of sense but um I had a friend visit somewhat recently for uh, a wedding, uh, an old college buddy, mm-hmm. and we were kind of talking about people that we knew, and I was really good friends with this one chick, um, and things went south with us. I think my relationship with this other girl, we'll call her Tina, my relationship with Tina, I really learned a lot about being a considerate person and a roommate someone that to live with because before her I feel like I was kind of just doing whatever I didn't grow up doing chores my parents very much regret not giving me enough responsibility as a kid Mm -hmm. but um Tina really like laid into me hard about my lack of effort around the house and 
it's funny because we don't live together, but we do spe- we do cohabitate quite a bit. Yep. And I would say that I'm pretty good about cleaning up after myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I'm I don't want to say like pretty like hypersensitive to not leaving a mess, making sure I clean up after myself, and making sure that the place that I'm inhabiting is better after I'm gone than when I arrived like I'm I'm a very good guest I think I like if I ever stay at anybody's house I always make sure that the bed is made the dishes are put away like anything that I've used they don't have to go out of their way to like clean because Anna was here and now we have to clean up after their fucking ass so I think that this girl Tina really had a big impact on me even though the relationship ended very poorly um my friend was telling me she's like (laughs) and you know how OCD I am about you know Things touching my bed or my clothes, clean clothes, don't mess with dirty. And I am I would say that I'm probably better about it now than I was when I was in college when I was an absolute psycho. Um, and still am, but more so then. And apparently, I don't remember this, but apparently I like wasn't doing my dishes. And she took all of the dirty dishes and put them in my bed. Which is okay. probably one of the worst things you could do to someone who has obsessive compulsive disorder. <laughs> but you know what, though? That's what you do. Not you, I'm saying. That's what, so, like, if someone's not cleaning the dishes or not doing something, take all that shit and fucking throw it on their bed. Um, it, Maybe ask them to do it first or something. Well, okay, there's that. You know, maybe, maybe, don't, maybe don't do that. And apparently, and again, I don't remember any of this. I was like freaking out i may have even cried like i just didn't know a because it was like such a mm-hmm. act of violence in my book and also the fact that like why do you just sit down and talk to me about it why would you f- resort to doing something so shitty and i was freaking out and i had to you know wash everything and all that which to most people you're like whatever but to me it was a big deal i don't remember it at all at all at all and so mm. and it's so funny because now if you see how i do dishes like, let's get them clean. I want mm-hmm. everything put away. And I wonder if that obviously must have had an impact on me. Like, fucking do not leave a mess. Probably. Because otherwise you're going to get dishes in your bed again. Yeah. So don't fucking so do that. It worked. It worked. And now I'm the best ever. So thanks, Tina. You're the best. Yeah, just don't spill coffee everywhere. It might not all get cleaned up. Thanks, Tina. Did I spill, did I spill coffee? Mm, not in the past week or so, but maybe before that. I mean, Have a great weekend. there's coffee stains, it's not for me. We gotta go. <laughs> Have a good weekend, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bubba 199 tonight starting eight at o'clock. 8 p.m. On Twitch, Twitch. at Bubba Army. So Bubba make sure Army you're there. 314, thank you. Thank you very much. Make sure you're there to party with us. Thank you, Shivering Beef Nurses. I'll be throwing down some jams. I believe Bubba will be contributing to the music as well. So I'm sure you guys will all have an opinion about that. So make sure you're in chat live with us. It won't get posted again. Bubba 199 is a one and done. So Cookies and chicken tonight. It's going to be a good night. Have a good weekend. Otherwise, we'll see you on the other side.